daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Hawkeye Nation, and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, excited to be back for another episode today, and we have a very special guest. We are joined by former Richmond Spiders forward, current Capital City Go-Go's member uh, in the G League, TJ Klein. TJ, my man, you are on your way to a game is what I presume, uh, and you're sitting here taking the time to talk to me at the airport. I appreciate that. First off, though, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Um, uh, it's been uh, it's been an awesome, uh, you know, 48 hours. Um, I was actually, you know, I, I like you said, I play in D.C. and uh, the the A10 tournament was out in D.C., so it was fitting, and I got to got to be out there and see all the games. So, so we haven't danced in a long time, and uh, I know everybody in Richmond's thrilled, and you know, I'm just thrilled to uh, to get to see my team in the tournament. Hell yeah, man. I, I think I saw some photos around of you pretty, pretty freaking excited after the tournament win. So uh, definitely awesome to see. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this game. Iowa fans are also just psyched up, man. It has been a long time since we won a Big Ten tournament. Uh, I was actually in the hospital with my newborn baby, uh, trying not to scream and yell while Iowa was beating Purdue. So uh, it has been quite a whirlwind for me as well. Before we get into the conversation with you, I want to thank all of our listeners for making the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked on Hawkeyes. So TJ, let's just start off with the tournament. How, what was the feeling like for you? You are obviously very invested in the Richmond program. Uh, you were on some very strong teams that made the NIT, but were not able to make the actual tournament itself. What, what did that mean for you to be able to see uh, your former coach and, and your former team make the tournament? You know, it's a uh, it's it's a special feeling. You know, I, I know you guys have the same feeling watching your guys win the Big Ten tournament. Um, just kind of like long overdue. You've uh, <laughs> we we've been so close and. You know, with COVID, the COVID year, we thought we were going to make the tournament. We thought we had a strong enough resume, um, and obviously that that crushed a lot of dreams. So it's not just about us there, but just to to get to see what you know what Coach Mooney's done and, and kind of the heat. Um, I mean, they were we had really really uh, we have a great fan base, the Richmond fan base, but we had a few you know bad fans you know calling for his job and, and putting signs up and billboards and. It was really appalling, and, and I know all the former players, um, you know, stepped in and said something, and to kind of see him get this done, and he never says he wants to prove the de- the haters wrong. He always wants to, you know, make the believers right, and so we're all we're all big uh, Mooney believers, and we love that guy, and, and he's given us a, a platform and a place to kind of to be here and to be part of this program. So to see him and you know one of my best friends, Grant Golden, who's our center. Um, he was a freshman, I was a senior, so we've had a bond for a, lot, a long time and a lot of years. And to be there with him and his family, and to, to kind of experience there, and to to get to see him accomplish his goals, like you said, I uh, I was on a few NIT teams. We made a few good runs, but we never got to crack that NCAA code. And to see uh, him do it, and and just everybody, you know, it was in DC, so we had the whole arena for Richmond fans. It was a special moment, and so. You know, I just can't take the smile off my face. Dude, you can tell just how excited you are about this. Uh, I, I absolutely love it. That's how I've been feeling the last couple of days as well. I'm like, you know what? I I won a Big Ten tournament. I'm just happy right now. and just trying to enjoy that moment. Uh, so pretty exciting. We're going to see on Thursday two teams that are 
rocket hot right now, right? These two teams are on fire the last couple of weeks. Um, Richmond coming into the tournament, winning the entire tournament and supplanting Dayton, right? Kicking Dayton out of the tournament, which I bet you are very excited about as well. I can only imagine you probably don't like the Dayton Flyers. Would that be an accurate assumption? Yeah, yeah. I would say that the, you know, and they actually, uh, I was actually got to go up to the game, our last game of the year, which wasn't senior night. We did our senior night in the second to last game, but our last game of the year at home, um, they beat us tie game on a walk off kind of alley oop from oh. out of bounds with point four to go or whatever. So that game really stuck with our seniors. It, it stuck with the fan base, just kind of seeing them celebrate with our, you know, on the last game of the season. So for them to get that win and kind of also knock them out is, is uh, it's a, you know, it's a cool feeling, but uh, you know, we, we love our eight ten guys. Yeah, absolutely. Icing on the cake. You mentioned Grant Golden. And I actually had a question here specifically about that. Cause it seems like, you know, I'm not obviously a, a huge Richmond follower, um, but just doing do my research, seems like you and Grant are pretty close, which sounds like, you know, he's one of your best friends. Um, how has his game evolved and how have you kind of worked with him to get to this point where he is leading this team into the NCAA tournament as a 12 seed who some people are predicting to upset Iowa? Yeah. And I think that's what you said it. Like, how can he lead this team? I think Grant's had, you know, he's a, he's a kid who's, you know, 6'10", 260. And, and he's always been, you know, a huge bruiser and kind of can always be, he's always been very skilled. He's always kind of had the game he has now. He's kind of always just been polishing it. Um, you know, he, he's got to take reps since he was a freshman and, you know, obviously with the COVID years. So he's, he's seen everything that everybody's thrown at him. And I think with him, it's more so the fact that he's now in a role where he's a six-year senior having to lead, as you just mentioned. And he's doing a great job of kind of making sure that everybody knows their role, that everybody, nobody's trying to do what they, what they more than they what they need to do. Um, this has been a tough season as it is. You know, we had a, a lot of really close games that didn't go our way, kind of the opposite effect of Providence. So we yeah. we, we really had a, a tough stretch in these close games. And to kind of see these guys pull it off and, and Grant lead the way he did and Gilliard kind of lead with his play. But I always keep my eye on Grant. He's always kind of when everything goes well, he's telling everybody, calm down, stay calm, stay calm. When everybody when it's going bad, he's telling everybody, just stay calm. So I think that's the biggest thing he's learned um, which is, you know, an, an, you know, unteachable kind of trait. You kind of have to go through it with experience and that'll, that'll really help him at the next level. Absolutely. Uh, you guys have your own basically version of Jordan Bohannon, also a six year senior who is taking advantage of his COVID year. Um, before we get to, I, I want, how, what are your thoughts on Jordan Bohannon? Obviously you, I don't think you've ever played against him. I looked at your previous games, but what are your thoughts on Jordan Bohannon as a player and as an advocate for NIL type of stuff? I mean, well, so let me, first of all, as a player, I have a lot of respect for him. I've watched, obviously, I'm a big college basketball fan, so I've seen a lot of a lot of Iowa games um, with you guys being doing as well as you guys did this year. Um, you know, so a lot of respect for his game, but I, I, I'm not familiar. See, he's a big NIL advocate. Yeah, he was uh, – it was him and, um, gosh, the guy from Rutgers. I'm drawing a blank on – not Geo. Yeah, it was Geo – I think it's Geo Baker, yeah. So those two were really big advocates for NIL and uh, trying to push for that legislation, and uh, he's been – uh, really pesky, I guess, uh, pesty towards the NCAA to try to get some of that uh, NCAA regulations fixed. Yeah, I didn't he's been know a that. advocate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm with him on that. You know, I think the players should be getting, you know, getting their fair share of what, what, uh, you know, what they put in. It's kind of, you know, it's just yeah, like in the real ridiculous. world. It's, it's the money, you know, just like in real life as an adult, you know, whatever, if you have likeness, if this podcast gets a certain number of views, if you guys 
then sponsorships come around and sponsorship means money and money means nicer things. And then, so it's just, it's just a basic way of life. And I think that people got caught up with, Oh, they're paying for school that it was, it was, uh, that's enough. But when you're driving in money, I don't, I don't see why it's not. I think it's, it's what well, the great thing that I'm seeing about this in college basketball, and there needs to be a, a fine line between, I think I saw some guys getting paid 8 million to go somewhere or something. You know what I mean? These numbers yeah. are getting out of, out of hand, but I think there needs to be a fine line between getting what you need, you know, what you can do because it's allowing guys to come back to be fifth and sixth year players or to be fourth year. Se- you know, I mean, yep. Oscar Shigway might come back to Kentucky because he might make more money than being yeah. a second round pick. Or, you know what I mean? So it's just, I think that's a great thing because then you you get to see guys build and not just one and dones. Um, but but I do think there needs to be a limit on what can be done so there's not tampering. I, th- I still want the authenticity of a, a Richmond to be able to get, you know, a, a great recruit like a Tyler Burton without, you know, being outbidded for him by another team, if you will. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I think when you look at like the football perspective, um, and I was now let's say in Alabama, for example, they have a ton of five star and four star recruits, whereas like Iowa might have one or two five-star or four-star recruits, Alabama then possibly has the ability to go pay to pay a bunch of three- and four-star guys to walk on because they're going to make money and walk on without a scholarship. So it definitely kind of takes away some of that authenticity. Um, yeah, I definitely appreciate your perspective on that. Man, do I love March Madness, and I love those brackets, but I cannot remember the last time I actually went deep or even won any money. So this year, I'm hedging my bets with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em Contest. Stat Heroes NCAA Single Game Pick'em pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage and start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going up against. In addition to the pick'em games they have, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head-to-head. They simply post their set of players for you to take on with the set of players that you choose. It is awesome and is where I'm going to make sure I'm at least getting some value add from March Madness. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. And I know it's that time of the year where you're basically have given up on your resolutions. It is tough. You start that New Year's resolution at the beginning of the year. You want to eat healthy. You want to get in shape. You want to feel better. By the time we get to mid-March, a lot of that stuff's out the window, right? It's tough. Staying on top of a nutrition plan is very difficult. Well, it doesn't have to be that difficult anymore with Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have so many delicious flavors. In fact, I have the Shamrock flavored built bar sitting right next to me. I'm so excited to try it. These built bars make it easy to stick to your plan though because they literally taste like a candy bar, but they have all the nutritional benefits of a protein bar. You get the health plus the taste all in one fantastic bar. Most of these bars contain between 130 to 150 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. It is seriously the best way to stay on top of your nutrition plans going into the second quarter of the year 2022. So if you want to get your hands on these awesome Built Bars, go to Built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
And thank you again for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. Make sure to check out the Locked On Bracket Breakdown March 14th. That was Monday right here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every single matchup. Now let's turn our attention back to our conversation discussing Richmond versus Iowa. Talking about Richmond versus Iowa, um, how do you feel like Richmond matches up with Iowa? It sounds like you watch a lot of college basketball. You watch a lot of Iowa games. Um, what gives you the best excitement towards this game, and what kind of gives you the most concern about Iowa versus Richmond matching up? Well, what gives me the most concern is obviously just the the potency on offense that you guys have, um, from Keegan Murray to well, both Murray brothers. Um, yeah. I know the other one's really shot well um, recently to end the season in the tournament. To Bohannon, um, but I just think that I think what you know, obviously you guys are on such a a tear right now that it's it's hard to uh, match up with that. I mean, you guys just played four days ago. Now you play again. You'll still have your same rhythm, as will we. But what I what did give me confidence is that uh, I got to see, you know, Richmond really play solid defense against Davidson, and Davidson has a really explosive offense as well. Um, really, really locked in and stayed stayed on there with only one day of scout. So you know. With a few days, we have a really good coaching staff, so that does give me hope. But I, I think that it's going to be, you know, that and just rebounding, making sure we keep Keegan off the glass and, and those extra possessions. Because, as you know, offensive rebounds lead to wide-open threes. And when you got guys who can shoot like you, that can kind of kill a game, especially in a NCAA tournament where every possession is so, you know, important. Absolutely. When you look at Davidson, Davidson is 11th in Ken Palm adjust efficiency. Um, Richmond did a fantastic job holding them to 62 points. Um, you mentioned – the, the shooting and the potency of Iowa, um, and then also the ability to grab rebounds. When I look at Ken Palm, Richmond is not a very good offensive rebounding team. So on the flip side of that, uh, what has been an, has there been an issue, or are those analytics maybe not lining up? Has there been an issue with Richmond um, being able to extend possessions when they do miss shots on the offensive glass? Yeah, I mean, I think that what you'll see that, you know, Richmond runs and, run, you know, Coach Mooney doesn't like to call it this, but he went to Princeton. He, we run a, a really very similar with our own variations of the Princeton offense. So I think our thought process is we're going to play, we're going to you know get you in a in a half court game. Although we might try to speed up a little bit, um, we did that a little bit in uh, in uh, Washington this past weekend, a little uh, press just to slow it down. But you know I think that we think that we run an offense that's very hard to guard and. For 30 seconds, we're going to make you guard for 25, 26 seconds to, you know, to utilize that. So I think when you when you waste or not when you waste, when you use that much time on the clock, I think that your odds of getting a the higher percentage shot is 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 more likely because you're 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 waiting for your opportunities, not just jacking up. So I think that with that, there's less chances for offensive rebounds because you feel like, oh, we're getting the shot that we want. We're getting the back door. We're getting this. We're getting that. Um, so I think that, that it's, you know, it's a little bit of aggressiveness, but it's a little bit of the style that we play. And I think that's what, why the numbers are a little bit skewed. Yeah, that makes sense. I really appreciate that explanation. Um, what, what is Chris Mooney's defensive style like? Well, they've changed it up since I was there. I was, uh, <laughs> wasn't the best defender in college. And I know that, you know, they had a, you know, they're, they're more of a man team now. Um, we were used to run kind of a variation, a, a kind of a matchup zone. Um, we're trying to keep the center in the middle, but now I think we play a little bit of more man-to-man. And, uh, you know, with the court being a little bit, well, it, it's different shooting in the 8-10 than versus Iowa, but, you know, the court's a little, we can shrink the court a little bit and being in the help in the passing lanes and 
and be in help a little bit more. Obviously, I think that could be a problem with the shooting. But uh, but the defense is, you know, it's it's very keyed on per game. Like our scouts are really good. Our assistant coaches are really detailed in, in the kind of their execution of what they want to do. And and Coach Mooney's great at, at in-game adjustments. So it'll just kind of be what the flow of the game is, and uh, just kind of you know play play a chess match with McCaffrey. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Fran McCaffrey has been on his A game this entire year. I feel like he has just push, been pushing all of the right buttons. So it sounds like this is going to be a really fun game to watch, as you said, from a coaching perspective. How do you combat the counter? How do you counter the counter throughout the game? Uh, one of the interesting uh, tidbits about the you know Rich, or sorry the Richmond team, Jacob Gilliard is averaging 3.1 steals per game. Richmond is one of the best teams in the nation in stealing the ball or forcing you know turnovers for other teams. What does Jacob Gilliard do so well on the defensive side of the basketball to force those turnovers? Well, he plays the passing lanes and he anticipates really well. Um, he's, as you'll see, he's probably, I mean, he's one of the quickest guards in the nation. Um, you know, with his size, it's hard to keep up with him the way he can just move and his vision. But it, you kind of see it on offense. He kind of makes the pass before you know that, you know, before you even knew you were going to bite on the pump fake. Yeah. And he really has that next level savvy um, that I, you know, as a Richmond, you know, at Richmond, we really appreciate that because we want to play smart basketball. But I think that he sees what they're going to do before they do it. So when they're throwing it in the post, he might come backside and he has very quick hands. So, you know, when you're driving middle and he knows you're, you have nowhere to go because he's stunted, he's not going to run out to the shooter. He's going to run to the passing lane and pick that ball off. And he's just a really special player. He, uh, it's it's been amazing to kind of see him because it's so normal now to see him get five six deals in a game. But you know he it, it, he'll he'll get you know three or four on Thursday and and you know you'll say wow I mean, some of them will just be like holy you know how did how did he read that yeah. or, you know what quick hands but uh, he's a really special help side defender and he he really makes our team go. It should be really interesting to see what that looks like on the flip side because we have Joe Toussaint, who I would argue is kind of our version of Jacob Gilliard, maybe not to that extent. Um, Joe Toussaint coming off the bench, uh, getting a couple steals every single game, forcing a lot of turnovers, doing a great job of kind of getting into the passing lanes. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see as well. Um, how have teams defended Grant Golden? Because um, Iowa likes to collapse on the big men. As you kind of mentioned with Jacob Gilliard, uh, he likes to – uh, attack different areas, right? He's not just stealing the ball from the guy he's guarding. He's attacking other people throughout the game. Um, how do people typically defend Grant Golden? All right, I hope you are enjoying this episode as much as I am with TJ Klein. But first, I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, so save some time and money when using rockauto.com. I personally went to rockauto.com. I got two engineer filters. It saved me $50, took me less than five minutes to use their website, and they got delivered directly to my door. It was honestly the perfect situation for me. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Uh, so Grant, it's see, it's a little bit different. You know, like you guys said, you like to double the, double the post and attack, and that can be problematic for you guys because, honestly, Grant's probably one of the best passing big men I've ever seen. Um, and I prided myself on passing and, 
It really is. I mean, it's it's at you know if you see some of the clips and the backdoor passes that he makes and the angles that he sees and he sees the game like a guard and uh, so I think that could be problematic if they you know if they double and and if you go one on one like I said he's 260. so he's a real matchup nightmare. Um, you know we just got to keep him keep him aggressive and uh, but I think that you know what they've done in the A10 which will be different and I you know you know you said you double but they. You know, A10 size is, is different than Big Ten size, right? So there's yep. there's not a, a you know an EJ Liddell at the four man sometimes. You know, for Ohio State, yeah. it's like that's gonna be a five man the entire the biggest guy on the court. <laughs> so it's it's a lot of double teams, like you said. So he gets a lot of those cuts, and we have really good cutters, and we have a lot of good spacing because of Gilliard's range. Um, but I think that you know I I, I truly believe that. He could have success with the, I mean, not the lack of size, but he could have success if there is double teams and and not that without there being a strong interior presence. Yeah, that'll be, it'll definitely be interesting because Iowa is one of the more undersized teams in the Big Ten. But as we saw versus Purdue, uh, they were willing to bring on Josh Ogundale, uh, who definitely does not have maybe a refined offensive game, but is willing to bang down low, uh, mm-hmm. cause some issues for Purdue. Um, but typically we're starting Philip Abracha. Uh, UND guy, uh, six foot nine, probably playing a bit out of place at the five, maybe more of a four. Uh, so it'll definitely be interesting to see how we handle um, that in that game. You mentioned uh, Jacob Gilliard shooting well from deep, shooting 36%. Tyler Burton is shooting 38%. You also mentioned him earlier on in the show about just kind of a recruiting perspective. What does Tyler Burton do um, to get this Richmond team going? And how does how do teams need to be – what do teams need to be worried about with Tyler Burton? I mean, his athleticism, he has NBA athleticism. When you talk about, you know, not having A-10 size versus Big Ten size or, you know, Big Ten athleticism, like he has Big Ten athleticism. And uh, he's probably one of our only guys who has that. Um, but he's he's a next-level athlete, can get above the rim, can really drive. He's gained a, lot, gained a lot of confidence. He had a huge jump this year from last year and uh, kind of blossomed in what everybody thought. We all thought he would be one of the most talented players to come through here. When he signed and, you know, obviously he had to take a back seat the past few years because we had such, you know, a special team and special guys. And, and one of our guys who's actually my teammate now, uh, Blake Francis, left the team last year. So now he stepped into that role. Um, Blake averaged 17. So now, you know, he averaged 17 and he really embraced it. Oh, my gosh. What happened? Oh, no, I was looking. Oh, my fault. Sorry. No, I, thought good. We missed the, I thought we missed the trip. Oh, okay. Never mind. I thought that it said we missed our uh, our plane got delayed again. Um, that would be frustrating as hell, <laughs> dude. We've had uh, we've had we've had a little COVID COVID scare here, so it's been <laughs> it's been uh, it's been a lot of uh, like kind of just waiting for the whistle. You know what I mean? Waiting for direction yeah. and stuff like that. So, but anyway, when's your so game? Where? What is that? When is your game? Is it tomorrow night? Yeah, tomorrow night in Detroit. Okay. Wow. Okay. So we'll play. We'll play. Uh, which is funny. We'll play. You're playing play Luka Garza. Luka Garza. Yeah. 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 You're playing so one of my Cruz. teammates, my point guard, my senior year, Shandre Jones is his teammate. So he's been sending us some clips and this, that, and the third and whatnot. So it's been fun. That's awesome. That'll be a lot of fun. So are you going to be matching up with Luca, or you're going to? Because Luca's going to be playing more of the five. You'll be playing probably the four. Yes. Okay. Yeah, That'll so I, I, I might play back up five. We, like I said, we had some COVID injuries and COVID scares, so it might be more so, um, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's fun. I didn't even didn't even make that connection that you were going to Detroit and you were going to be playing uh, Luka Garza. Lots of connections all around here. Um, 
So we talked a little bit about Tyler Burton. You said that he's kind of made that jump. Uh, Keegan Murray also made a huge jump from this past season to this year, uh, putting himself in National Player of the Year contention. When you look at Keegan Murray's game, how does Richmond defend a Keegan Murray? Um, you know, I think that it's going to be a, a, a job by committee, if you will. Um, yeah. I think we're going to have to throw – we talked about double teams. We're going to have to throw a lot of bodies at him. We're going to have to throw a lot of different looks at him. We're going to have to make sure that he's not comfortable ever. Um, he's just so athletic. You know, he, he – I've, like I've said, I've watched a fair amount of, of your guys' game, and he's just – he kind of is, is weird like that last dunk he had over Gillis for Purdue, right? It's like there's no way he gets that ball and gathers himself and dunks it, right? But he does it on a guy. So it's just like being there before he's able to jump and kind of make his moves because once he's there, it's too late um, with that kind of athleticism. So I think it's really keying in on on making him work and making him be a passer. Um, But I, I, you know, I do think that we play really good team defense and we're coming off a really good Davidson performance where we really, you know, stuck our nose to the ground and, and just locked in. And uh, I think we have a lot of guys, a lot of bodies we can throw at him, a lot of length that, that, that maybe some teams, you know, haven't thrown at him. Um, I know we're, we're uh, not the biggest team, but we do have a lot of length on the wings. So maybe we can try to throw that at him and, uh, and just see how it goes. But as you know, like college and as I've seen from pro, it's like college is so different because you can pack the paint. Like, there's no three seconds. You can really, really make teams, and that's why the shooting helps you guys so much. But talking about a Keegan Murray, I think you got to just focus on him first, and that comes from sending an extra guy help side, being a little more help than than usual. Absolutely, and it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that all works. Iowa earlier in the season, uh, not able to space the floor as much. We weren't able to shoot the ball as well, but over the last two months um, has really come a – come along across the across the board i mean we set the big 10 record for uh three pointers made in our first game of the big 10 tournament um and talking to big 10 analyst trey demps he actually talked about keegan murray and he said kind of alluding to what you said he does such a good job of controlling himself and his body control when he's going up for shots is just truly impeccable um, i don't think people realize just how impressive that last dunk was for him to track the ball down gather himself and dunk it with gillis going on him i mean that's a pretty impressive play I mean, amazing. I mean, I mean, just the, uh, you know, the, the balance really to have that, like, it's just, it's, you can't teach that type of athleticism. And that's the one play that stuck <laughs> out to me, but there's, there's been a lot of plays that have stuck out to me where you think he's going to lay it in and he dunks on someone or, you know, he turns that corner and it's a, you know, he's going to lay it up and one hand tomahawk. So yeah. his, uh, his, you know, his athleticism is next level. I think his game's next level. He's, you know, you guys got a good one out there. Yeah, he's a guy who's going to definitely be playing in the NBA next year, looking at a projected top 10 pick, which is something that we don't, uh, we haven't seen in Iowa in like 30 years. So right. uh, that's pretty, pretty exciting stuff. Um, you obviously have a good understanding of Richmond and I appreciate you coming on. You have a good understanding of Iowa as well, uh, which I was not expecting, but without a doubt, really appreciate because you can kind of talk through how this game would look. Um, what are your expectations for this game then? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, well, you know, I'm going to like, the way I look at it is I can't, I mean, I can't give an unbiased opinion, right? It's like, it's like with your kids, your kids can do anything for, you know, till she's here, she's five years old. Right. And they're still going to be an angel. So it's like, you know, (laughs) I'm so skewed on what I think, like Richmond's going to win the NCAA tournament in my eyes, but realistically it's, you know, I I do think that we do have a, a chance because of the matchup. It's not. You know, I wish said Keegan Murray's athletic, but it's not an overly athletic team. Um, with that being said, you guys do have a lot of similarities with the the skill level. Sorry about that. With the skill level, um, 
But I think, you know, I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll come down. I think it'll be a mid-70s game. Um, I could see, you know, I could see us just getting a few stops because, you know, we had to come back from down seven against uh, against uh, Davidson in like a minute 30. So it's like there's no stopping us and there's no fight. There's no stop fighting in you guys. So I think it's I really do think it's going to come down to the wire a mid 70s game. And I think it's going to it's going to be a guy like like, you know, a Gilliard or a Burton or, you know, for us, it's been Matt Grace, who's been a, a savior the last two games. Um and for you guys, like a Bohannon or, uh, you know, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Murray, I think yep. who's going to hit a big time shot at the end. And kind of that's what we live for March for. So I think it's going to be a great game. I'm excited for it. I'm, I mean, I'm so fired up for it. I know that uh, you guys are, too. But I really yeah. do think it's going to be a classic 5-12 game. So it's going to be fun. I hope it's not as classic as the typical upset that we see. I definitely <laughs> hope Iowa, Iowa could advance past that. I would say, though, Richmond, uh, everything I'm hearing from you and everything I'm looking at on the other side with Providence and South Dakota State, uh, if Richmond can get past this Iowa matchup, I, I think there's a really good chance for Richmond to make kind of a run here. I think that bracket is not that hard um, outside of getting past that Iowa game. It's definitely going to be interesting there. Um, TJ, I appreciate you coming on, man. I know you are – uh, busy and taking the time out of your day to talk to me. Any last words you want to say before we hop off the show, buddy? No, I appreciate you having me. Um, I appreciate you having me, man. I'm, uh, I'm fired up for this game. Go Spiders, man. Good luck to you guys if you guys win. But, you know, I know it'll be a fun one. So thank you. It'll for be a lot me. of fun. Yeah, and uh, guys, everyone out there checking out this podcast, this YouTube show, uh, make sure to check out the game tomorrow if you can. The Motor City Cruise versus the Capital City Go-Go's. We got TJ versus Luca Garza. So it should be a pretty interesting game. Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate you all tuning in to today's episode of the show. Have a fantastic Wednesday, y'all. And as always, let's go Hawks.